Do you speak crowd lending? Welcome to our podcast covering the crowd lending industry. Our mission is to provide you with all the insights from this market and help you make informed decisions. I'm Gassen, co-founder and CEO of Acredius. We are a crowd lending platform based in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm delighted to host this podcast and hopefully bring value to all our listeners. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 15 of the Do You Speak Crowd Lending uh, podcast. I'm honored today to have Sebastian Harrow. Sebastian is the co-founder at Cameo, and Cameo operates a digital marketplace for crowdfunded loans to small businesses and property developers in Scandinavia. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Excellent. Thank you. So, Sebastian, I already said a little bit about Cameo, but um, tell us more about yourself and maybe also you can touch point a little bit on Cameo side. Yeah, my background is uh, I used to work in uh, investment banking in uh, Norway, and then I, I read about uh, the concept of crowd lending uh, or marketplace lending uh, in The Economist. I read about Funding Circle and the large platforms in the UK, and then I basically decided to quit my job and, and try to establish this in, in Scandinavia. Uh, I sold my apartment and I rented a small one and uh, invested that in the company. And, and I was lucky to get a few large investors to join me, including my boss. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started the company. And, uh, and um, so I'm the CEO right now. Um, we started the company back in 2014, but it's been a little while to get where we are today um, the team is now 31 and we have three offices uh, in Copenhagen Oslo and Stockholm but right now I guess most of them are working from home oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true that's true we are yeah. in the middle of this uh, pandemic so just maybe since you touch point on it I can give some perspective we are recording this uh, podcast uh, via zoom because actually Sebastian is stuck in, uh, in Iceland because of this pandemic, and uh, we are on the 28th of October, 2020. So, uh, Sebastian, I mean, when I looked a little bit on your profile, I saw that you you were a football, a professional football player in the Norwegian first division. So, I'm very, very interesting background, but any skills you learned back then that you are today applying maybe at uh, Cameo? Um, yeah, I think a lot of skills are to the degree that I had many skills, but I was a goalkeeper. Uh-huh. And I think uh, when you're a goalkeeper, you know that you, you're always going to make mistakes. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, I, I mean, you have to live with that responsibility that there's no one to watch your back. Uh, and you have to just to, you know, when you do a mistake, you have to live with it. So I, I kind of think that's um, that was a, a really good uh, experience. And also that the, the, the way you have to be, you know, to stamina and to endure that things take time. It's tough. You just need to keep going. Like you can have a game, you do a big mistake in the first kick on the ball or the first save and you have a big mistake, but there's still 89 minutes to play and you have to play it. So you kind of learn to, to live with uh, the mistakes and build your confidence up. And I think um, I was a young goalkeeper and we had really experienced defenders. Had used to play in England 
and they were yelling at me for like 90 minutes in the beginning <laughs> and after a few months i was getting more confident and i could start yelling back so <laughs> i think it it, it learned I, I learned to you know to build up confidence over time i would say yeah excellent excellent now that's that's definitely something that can help you especially with the, with the crowd lending industry where at this stage i assume you will tell us more i assume in scandinavia it's not the, as known as any other asset class so you probably need to, hopefully you're not yelling at your clients at the stage <laughs> but the team of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also i mean it's becoming quite competitive uh, competitive we have uh, a few competitors in all three countries so and of course relating to football i'm you play football because you're a competitive person i would say so I bring that and I, I really, what I really missed about playing football is the, the up and down terms. It's like uh, being a rock star or a football player. I mean, you sometimes you have the best feeling in the world because you save the penalty or the next you have a worst feeling and it goes up and down. It's like, uh, you know, it's a super thrilling ride. And I guess that's the same. You probably would say the same also being in a new industry, new concept, starting up a company, lots of cool stuff and then lots of challenges. It's up and downs. Yes, definitely. It's definitely part of the game, as we say. So uh, speaking back a little bit to crowd lending and, you know, the similarities you have there is very, very interesting. But uh, maybe um, in, in your regions, what are, let's say, the, the most used or the most popular uh, verticals of crowd lending? Is it consumer? Is it SME, real estate? Uh, how is it? Um, I, it varies according to the country. So I would say in Sweden, it's definitely consumer and real estate, um, not much on the SME side. Um, in Norway and Denmark, there's not, no consumer loans. I think it's illegal. Uh, and then there's more SMEs and, and to some extent uh, real estate. But I think uh, real estate is, uh, if, if you look at all three countries, together uh, as a region, real estate will be the, the biggest. Interesting. Yeah, you were telling me uh, before before we start the, the interview that you have actually three different websites because you have three different regulations, something like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, are quite similar countries. The languages are almost the same. Alcohol is much cheaper in Denmark and in Sweden than in Norway. So us from, from Norway, we need to travel to to find cheaper alcohol or cheaper meat and butter. But apart from that, we are quite similar. Um, so, uh, but in, in terms of financial regulation, there's quite a different uh, approach. You have, I would say very generally speaking, the Danish regulator is very tight, but it's uh, open. You can communicate and talk with them. The Swedish regulator is uh, heavy uh, under pressure because of too much to do so that they don't really have time. Uh, and then you have the Norwegian regulator who is very skeptical about new concepts. So, uh, for example, consumer peer-to-peer uh, -peer or consumer crowd lending, uh, it's illegal uh, in Norway. And I think also in Denmark, or at least uh, there's no, nobody doing it. And, and we are not allowed to do marketing of our Danish and Swedish loans in Norway. So uh, we ended up with a solution where we do like one platform for each uh, region. And then when the EU law coming uh, next year or the year after in Norway, then we will have one common um, web page. And there's another challenge also, and that is that our 
our name, a company name, which means to play a cameo role, like a background role. We want the investors and the, and the companies to play the main roles. We don't think the middleman should pay, play the main role. Um, that name is actually, on, and that uh, webpage, cameo.com, is owned by Microsoft. It's a computer game from like 15 years back. So we're trying to buy it, but uh, they don't want to sell it. So maybe it's going to be a huge conflict with Bill Gates and myself, but I think I'm going <laughs> to lose. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Maybe it will give you the, the opportunity to meet him. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I have some good ideas where he could, you know, spend his, his you know, he could spend the more money, I think, on the, um, fighting the pandemic, which he kind of predicted 10 years ago. But I think he's doing that right now, hopefully. Very interesting. So how do you, do, I mean, maybe tell me more about the lenders in Cameo. So also, it's also divided in the three countries or how do you? Uh, but uh, we see that um, that uh, we have a lot of cross-border activity. So we only, for now, we only have uh, local investors. Uh, but we see that around 10 to 20 percent of a loan is filled. If it, if we do a Swedish loan, then 10 to 20 percent of that loan is filled from by Norwegian and, and Danish investors. Um, so there's cross-country. Um, but the the boring part here is, of course, the currency. So um, the Danish kroner is, is linked to the euro, so that's super strong. So the Danish investors, they are behaving like kings on their platform now. They can invest in all and think it's super cheap. But uh, while Norwegians, we have a really weak kroner right now. So they tend to invest a little bit less uh, abroad right now. And the Swedish uh, kroner is a little bit over average. So we can see that they invest a little bit in Norway too, but it's it's primarily local uh, for now, and I think that it's the regulation and it's the currency. Uh, the regulation will be solved uh, with the new EU law, and the currency. Um, I mean, we we are we have been discussing to introduce hedging products where you can hedge, but it's it's quite risky, and I'm not sure if we want to have uh, private investors uh, enter into those type of products. Um, but what we have today on the platform is 23,000 uh, private investors. All uh, together, around half of them are Swedish, um, and they are um, investing in average around, I would say, thousand euros alone. Mm -hmm. So it's truly a crowd of uh, really small investors. Uh, it's our vision to open up this new product to to you know everybody, and we have some larger family offices or institutions doing larger investments, and then we have some small. For example, we have a Norwegian farmer. He invests 50 euros, and then he FaceTimes us from his tractor, uh, asking <laughs> if the loan is going okay or not. And uh, and we have kind of the yeah the whole spectrum of the of the region, which we really like. Very very interesting. Really interesting. Thanks for sharing, uh, Sebastian. So uh, as already said, so we're now here in Europe, a little bit in the middle of the kind of or the start of the second wave of the pandemic in October 28th. How is this uh, current uh, pandemic, in your opinion, affecting the, the industry in general and also maybe in your, in your in Scandinavia, if you can touch base on that? Well, again, I'm going to say there's differences. I mean, you probably read about how the Swedish have handled uh, the pandemic. It's been yes. quite like normal. While uh, Norway and Denmark have uh, been shut down uh, quite heavily in March 
April, um, which also reflected on the activity on our platform. Denmark and Norway has been quiet during the summer, while Sweden has been okay. Um, so what, what, what we've also seen is, I think, two things. Uh, one is that the interest among investors has been crazy. We have had new record months every month uh, since the pandemic, almost in, in terms of new investors signing up. Um, I think that it's um, basically, I think, you know, the, the stock markets, all the negative news, it's global. I think people are afraid that stock markets are very expensive. It's very, you know, volatile. It changes. If Trump tweets something, it can go up or down. It's quite crazy. While we uh, offer local products. So what we do is, you know, only real estate projects uh, uh, right now. And it's like you can then fund the local project. You know where it is. You can actually see that the houses are being built. Uh, you understand the project. It's quite you know easy. Uh, it's tangible. You can go out there and, and touch. We have some investors who actually drive past the construction sites to look. I have one. He called me and said it was his 24th time <laughs> looking at the project. And, and then... Um, but I mean, and then, uh, you know, it, it, it's really easy to understand compared to the global stock markets, which is going up and down. And then on the other side, uh, on the on the borrower side, the, the customers on that uh, side, they have had, you know, trouble getting bank financing because banks are being reluctant because of the pandemic. We see that more and more uh, of the loans that we do are larger and we actually compete with the banks, but we get the deal because they don't really want to wait. They just want to get get things done, and 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 it hasn't really. We haven't had any default because of the pandemic. Uh, we, we haven't had any defaults in general, but I mean, it, it's it's the project's been going on as normal. Some some who has ordered things from China in the construction, it was delayed, of course, in the beginning, but they managed to to you know keep building, kept two meters apart on the construction side, used the mask. I mean. Uh, construction has been going on as normal and people still need housing. I guess uh, you could probably see a shift in the housing markets going forward. People, I think people want to move outside of downtown Stockholm. They want to live outside larger house because you're going to be stuck inside for months. Um, so uh, it's been that's been going good, you know, in Sweden in particular. In Norway and Denmark, like I said, uh, for months it was really quiet. It's been picking up now after summer, and we will see uh, how this second wave will affect us there. But in Sweden, it's business as normal, I would say. Very interesting. We've been also seeing more or less the same uh, the same uh, same activities here as well in Switzerland, or at least on the greatest level, it's more or less. Uh, like that. So now speaking of, of the asset class in general, you said you have mainly uh, private uh, private investors, you said, and uh, you have a couple of institutional investors as well. So when you speak to these uh, lenders, what are the main uh, advantages of, of, of this asset class when you, when you speak about them? So, hey, crowd lending is great because of... Well, I, I think, I mean, uh, the, the ones we speak to, it's it's the interest rate, it's the return. Of course, it's important. I think uh, that will be number one. We have an average per year of nine point five, and people are quite happy about that. Um, so that's number one. I think also uh, that that all the loans are backed against uh, property, and they like that because we've had we've done around three hundred loans, and five of them have defaulted, but we 
you know, sold the underlying assets and, and claimed the pack, back the money. The, we have one that is currently being paid back, but uh, I think they like that, you know, there's some security if things should go the wrong way. Um, so um, that's also the feedback we get. And then there's one thing I, I would also say that, that, that the, you know, the, the broad crowd really likes, and that's that you have a super... Uh, low uh, starting uh, uh, point, you can start with 50 euros. So people are really happy that you can start with a small amount. You can increase as when you see that it, it works, you can create a portfolio very easily because you can put small amounts in, in each and then you get uh, monthly uh, interest rates on every loan. So people like that, you know, you get, even though if you have invested a small amount, you get something out every month and it's cool to see that it kind of works and you can reinvest. So I think that's, uh, I could probably talk for two or three more hours of other, you know, perks, but I, I mean, I would say that that's the most important things that the interest rates are. It's it's good and, and, and the loans are secured. Interesting, very interesting. So um, any, any advice for a beginner uh, investor who is trying to start with crowdfunding in general? Uh, what, what do you think he, he should look at? Well, uh, that's a good question. I remember when I was, you know, when I was um, looking through uh, back in 2014 on the different platforms and speaking to to my shareholders, we had this um, thing where we we would put in cash in a different platform in all the different platforms, and then we would ask to get the money out the next day to see if that really worked. And I, and I mean, it sounds really, you know, absurd, but I, I remember there were like two or three platforms we couldn't get. Uh, you know, that's, and, that's not a good advice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to all the platforms here. <laughs> I, I mean, one of the platforms are called TrustBuddy. It was a Swedish platform. They were. It was a scandal <laughs> a few years back. So it's like, I uh, I like to say that, but no. But I think it's it's um in terms of bringing some advice i mean you should of course be careful because there's it you know it's your money i would say that it's it's always good to start small and and build uh, the portfolio and and i like the idea of like i do how how i save for my kids i i put um a uh, big part in in uh, index funds through my bank you know really easy going funds uh, global funds and then i save also through my platform and I think it's good to have it. I mean, you shouldn't put, of course, everything in. You should start growing and, and be careful. And then if, over time, you could really get a good return. And it, it works well, in my mind, together with uh, an exposure to towards share, share markets or the fund market, because you, you have more upside potential there. But with crowd lending, you have a stable return every month, which is really attractive right now, at least. Very interesting. Sebastian, we have, you know, the last question is always a bit tricky for all our guests. So uh, a lot of my guests try really, try really to, you know, trick me out of it. But that goes straight with you. You need to tell us uh, what's your favorite fruit. Yeah, it's a really good question because I guess it tells you a lot about the persons that, <laughs> that, that how are you, you know. But I, and I, I know one fact that I think is a little bit strange is that mango is the most eaten fruit in the world. I would always say, I, I thought it was apple, you know, my answer is apple. Okay. Um, and I mean, I, apple is perhaps not the, you know, the best uh, tasting fruit, uh, but I think it's the least risky. And it's <laughs> a little bit about, you know, 
what what we do at Cameo, I think that you know I would rather have sometimes a mango or an orange, but you have to peel it. it lots of work, and sometimes it's destroyed. You're like, ah, oh, this is you know waste of time, five minutes horror. But with an apple, you can touch it, you can feel, you kind of know the taste. It's not as big, you know. The upside potential is reduced compared to a mango or an orange. But the downside potential <laughs> um, is yeah. not that. So I, I would go for an apple, and it's quite quite good. Very interesting. You're not. You're definitely not. Definitely not the first uh, guest who chose apple, but you are the first guest who chose apple because it's uh, out of <laughs> how can I call it? <laughs> because you're lazy to do the work. <laughs> Not an upside, but I can I can still manage it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be efficient and you know care about your time. It's busy. I have two small kids. You know, um, if I peel an orange and it's horrible, they will be like, "Dad, you know, you, you're the worst dad. You know, what's this? You know." <laughs> I agree, I agree. Then it's a valid answer, Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for this very insightful and entertaining exchange. Um, anything you want to add? Well, I think it's. I mean, uh, it was a good and fun interview, not least. I think. It's, um, if I can, you know, try to say something about the future, if we look past the pandemic, I think that, and I hope that the, the crowd lending uh, market will be more like uh, one common market in the EU and, and Switzerland also. But I think that um, we will see that it will become uh, not an alternative asset class, but more like a main uh, asset class together with, you know, stock markets and bond market and your own apartment and all that. But I also think it will be very common for you know people in Switzerland to invest invest in a portfolio of European loans. And I think that would make sense much more than just the local like we do in Cameo now. I think people would be really happy about making you know index investments all across the European countries. So I, I hope and I think that will really happen over the next years. Great, Sebastian. This is a very, very positive and optimistic view of the future, which I agree with 100%. Thank you very much, Sebastian. And thank you. Uh, thank you everyone who is listening to us and uh, see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for staying with us until the end. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media so you never miss an episode. Please don't hesitate to send us your questions and comments at acredius.ch. Thank you.